0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Crossover! Step back! Ah!
0: That's a brother. Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live.
1: Is this the Tiger? Ah!
2: It's a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield, it's into the end zone.
0: Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Thursday the 12th, and you're
2: tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction or remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design at your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com, on Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. and Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone.
3: Morning, fellas. Morning. Good morning. How we doing? Well, I said it when I came in this morning. It's better than yesterday morning because I wasn't rearing it in back-to-back Your days. Your car is intact. My my back bumper is intact with the rest of the car. So, was all, there any
2: damage? Did you no, see any damage at all? I didn't yesterday?
3: see. I didn't see any. I surveyed it pretty good. I didn't notice anything. So, all is good. Give it a oh, quick well. kick to Bonk. see if <laughs> you can't <laughs> find. That. See
2: if you can't find a bumper or find a, some damage back there.
3: Oh, there's a bump. <laughs> But nah, all, we're all good.
2: Well, good. And you got me now because uh, I was coming in back from sheets this morning and uh, got me a little nervous trying to pull into this place. So I went like 60 mile an hour into this parking lot just to get off the street.
4: I pulled in last night to run the State of the State minivan. It came bearing <laughs> oh, down on me oh, from gosh. behind. I thought, uh, this is it. <sighs> it, it. It hit its brakes at the last minute. Lightning second. strikes twice. And there's like no, there's
2: no fix. For it. there is no. there's really no because where it's at, it's tough right there with the thing. The worst part is when you're trying to leave and there's just a stack of cars. Well, you have to turn, oh, yeah, so turn right. left, turning left impossible. is a lot of here. Impossible. I almost wish I could just drive through the grass and just go out the back way.
4: <laughs> a little off road action, there you yeah.
2: go. Uh, people used to do that, and then uh, yeah, our boss got really upset with people for doing that. It's reasonable it, it's, yeah. ha- it's now
4: frowned upon <laughs> yeah. if done. It was
2: nice while it lasted, but let's talk a little basketball. Shepherd men's and women's basketball were on the road last or yesterday at Mercyhurst Day Games. It was their camper appreciation time, and uh, we were, I think, all kind of watching the uh, Mercyhurst TV feed, which was a great feed, by the way, and uh, looked like it was a great atmosphere, great facilities up there at Mercyhurst, but. Not great results for the men's and women's team. Women fall 85-65, to 65 and men fall 70-45. to 45. Before we start talking about the uh, men's game, let's talk about this uh, Shepherd women's game because, of course, they're still looking for their first win. And this was really, well, the first half was the best half of basketball I think they've played all year long. They were hitting their jump shots. They were doing a lot of, uh, you know, they were getting all their production really down low in the paint where they had a little bit of a size and uh, strength advantage over Mercyhurst. But going to the second half, they only score seven points, I think, in the third quarter, and then uh, not enough to uh, get on top of Mercyhurst at the end of the game. So thoughts on the uh, women's matchup, that 85-65 loss to Mercyhurst?
4: I think it was the same as the men's game. Both teams played very good first halves and just weren't able to get over the hump in that third quarter. One-point game, like you said, at the break, then they get outscored 20-7 to in the third I think it was kind of a coming-up party for Megan Shipley. Had one of her better games of the season. Hit a lot of shots inside the paint, uh, which is something that the Shepard team hadn't done a lot of. I think Kara Miner played incredibly well in this game. Was really efficient from the field. Uh, as somebody that we've said has struggled times defensively, being the de facto five, uh, just because she's the tallest player on the floor in the starting five. Um, You got good contributions up and down through your starting lineup in this game. Uh, I think Jordan Carr continues to take Mm -hmm. steps. This game, she didn't shoot that well from the field, but she's still somebody that's putting pressure on the rim, and Aresha Miller's making the most out of the more minutes that she's getting. Uh, If she can stay out of foul trouble, she can be their most impactful post player. Uh, So... All in all, uh, you're still at the point of the season, unfortunately for Shepherd, where you're counting a lot of moral victories, because mm-hmm. that's where they are in the rebuild. Uh, hopefully soon, those moral victories become actual victories. But you look at the first half of this game, you look at... Uh, The second and third quarter against Millersville, you look at the second and third quarter against Lockhaven, when you can make the argument uh, definitively in most of those cases that Shepard was the better team, they're just one complete performance away from figuring it out and getting that first win and kind of shaking all the psyche, uh, and they just continue to get better each game.
3: Yeah, I think you said it best right there. Megan Shipley had probably her best game as a Ram yesterday, which is very promising to see. Kara Miner, again, you'd like to see her play more of kind of like a hybrid stretch four because I think that's where she really excels in her game. She's really good shooting from the outside. But with her size, she kind of has to play that five position for this team. And I think they're going to be a lot better once Sydney Bowles gets back into the lineup, too. She's been out since December 30th against Pitt-Johnstown. And once she gets back into that lineup and healthy for this women's team, I think they're going to look a lot better when they – Kind of get a flow and kind of really find their identity. Because I think they're still trying to figure that out. Where mm-hmm. are they looking to go? And, well, if Megan Shipley could be your number one scorer, that's a good sign from what was yesterday. She played 36 minutes, which is insanely good for a women's player. And, and Abby it, Beeman numbers. That is Abby Beeman numbers playing 36 minutes in the game. That's barely even coming out of the game. It's impressive, and, well, it's kind of a sign of things to come, I think. Again, Mercy Mercyhurst is one of the better overall programs in the PSAC, so if you're able to hang with that team really close, honestly, for the first half, it's just that second half they weren't able to really capitalize and put things together. Mercy Hurst came through, scored 40 points in the second half compared to the 21 the Rams had in the second half, so really finishing a game is going to be the biggest point I have out of this. start was very good. The finish, not so much.
2: Well, the men they also fall seventy to forty five. And Parker, we were talking uh, before we went on the air, and the, one of the first things I think you said this morning, other than you didn't get uh, rear-ended pulling into the parking lot today, <laughs> uh, was that you think it's almost time to start hitting the panic button for Shepherd men's basketball. Now they go back to five hundred with their loss seventy with that seventy seventy to forty five loss yesterday. Um, it was bad games uh, production wise from the guys that you would need. DMC, uh, you know, John Preston, Philip Jordan alike. I think DMC only got only had six points on the game. Uh, Aiden Hewley leading scorer with 11 so it just seemed like an off game form, which is why I'm still a little hesitant to hit the panic button uh, but why do you seem so uh, I guess nervy on Rams basketball?
3: Well, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you lose by 25, it's it's not a good look. I know Mercyhurst is a really good team. They beat Lockhaven, who the Rams took to the limit just a couple of days ago. They ended up beating Lockhaven by 20, and then you see the same result here. Mercyhurst beats the Rams by 25. It was a poorly shot game from a lot of players for this team. I'll go into the exact numbers. But another thing I wanted to point out, I know these games were on a road, but games against Gannon and Clarion, two bottom feeders of the PSAC, if you're playing those those teams, just it, the score when you look at it, it looks a lot closer than what you want it to be. Only a two-point win against Clarion, only beating Gannon by, I believe, six points. It's just the margin of victory in those games where there should be blowouts, you would think, aren't all the way there. And you see what what really happened in that game. It was a good first half of the Rams. It was a two-point lead for Mercyhurst going into the half. And then they they just got absolutely just scored on and they couldn't shoot the ball they were outscored 46 to 23 in the second half hewley led the way scoring with 11 points dmc had one of his worst shooting efficient games probably of his career yeah, if i'm gonna be short. honest with you 13. two of yeah. 13 from the field one of seven from three team shot only nine from the charity stripe in this game and the overall field goal percentage when you shoot 34 percent compared to Mercy mercyhurst who shot 48 percent total in the game you're not going to win ball games that way it's just not going to happen The points off of turnovers for the Rams were 6-19 to in favor of Mercyhurst. It's just taking care of the basketball, and the shooting has to be more efficient for this team overall. And I'm not pulling the trigger on that yet, just to clarify. I'm not pulling the panic button trigger just yet. But there are some things that you start thinking about. I'm really looking this Saturday at Bloomsburg. I feel like that game has to be at least a 10-point win. Bloomsburg is a bottom feeder team in the PSAC right now. They're still looking for their first win. They're 0-12. This is a really good chance to right the ship and kind of have a second-half surge that this team really had last year and kind of will propel them into PSAC tourney play. And they're going to think, I need that again, because they're sitting right at five hundred.
4: I think you look at Shepard having to go to Erie County three times, two separate trips, Mm -hmm. um, and, and finish two and one. I think that's not the worst thing in the world, although those scorelines were close, like Parker alluded to. This is a Mercyhurst team that just played the number one team in the country uh, and played them within 12 points a couple of days ago, and they shot 65% from the field in the second half. I just, I, At some point, they were hitting so many shots that Shepard couldn't do anything to get in their way. You know, I think that we've reached the conclusion that this is a PSAC tournament team. It's just not a team that's going to get an incredibly high seed because they can't just replicate consistent play from a game-to-game basis and shooting consistency from a game-to-game basis. But they become a dangerous team when you see them all playing at a high level. So I don't really think that anything – my perception of this team has changed mm-hmm. uh, after them seeing them lose to a really good team because in the first half they stood toe-to-toe with them and they had that barrage of shots that made the the broadcaster for Mercyhurst was beside himself. They hit six in a row or something <laughs> that guy like crazy. that. He was, he was wild. He yeah. was having the time of his life. Um, but that that's just kind of where this team is at and will remain. They've got good halves in them. They've got good performances in them. They can knock off Giants. Uh, but they're not consistent enough at this point to do it on a regular basis. Now, when Michael Cooper comes back, uh, I think Dolman came in again in this game. I know it was some garbage time minutes. I thought he played really well. Mm -hmm. He's somebody else that could crack his way into the rotation. Uh, This team still can get better towards the end of the season, but I think this is the shepherd that we're going to see for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, I don't think think it's necessarily time to hit the panic button. I mean, if they lose this coming Saturday, then I think the hands – Hands hovering at that point. We haven't hit it yet, yeah. but the hands hovering, and then you got to see how it goes. But I think it's just kind of a rough game, uh, you know, for the guys that they know that they have to get the production form to win because I, I agree. They're not necessarily built uh, for a season like that. But interesting stuff. Both the Shepherd men and women fall to Mercyhurst up in Erie yesterday. Now, uh, let's briefly get into, uh, well, we'll get into that later. Let's talk a little high school basketball because we have uh, some basketball right here on WPM and WCST tomorrow.
4: Yeah, Spring Mills against uh, Musselman. I got to see Spring Mills on Tuesday. Got off to a slow start without Keyshawn <laughs> Cheek. I heard from Luke Samples. Not happy with the first half of play. Thrilled with the second half of play. Uh, interesting story for Spring Mills is them starting to develop more depth. Uh, it was DJ Boardley that mm-hmm. played really well. Came off the bench dropped 16. What's going to happen now that Cheek's back into the starting uh, five for the Cardinals? Is Boardley going to continue to play? You know, Samples mentioned yesterday on an interview at High School Sportsline, uh, Spring Mills' freshman team is undefeated. Their JV team has only lost one game and their varsity team has only lost one game. So he feels as though he's got players coming through the wings, That by the end of the season, when we get into uh, March, they're going to have even more depth than they have right now. So we'll see if one of those players can be impactful against the Appleman.
3: Yeah, it's going to be an exciting contest between these two teams. Spring Mills, of course, we talked about them being... Maybe the cream of the crop in the entire EPAC right now. It's really a three-team race from what we've seen. Musclemen, of course, they're kind of on the younger side of things, looking to find their identity. Have great size, so that could pose a challenge against some of the bigs for Spring Mills. It's going to be a fun one. going to be a fun game, and we're going to really find out where I think a lot of the teams are standing and a lot of the teams are looking to be come tourney time throughout this week, and I think really into next week as well as we're deep into EPAC play at this point. Both teams here need the win. I think Musselman really needs the win if they really want to try and get something here, but Spring Mills is a very difficult challenge and a lot of people think is probably the best team in the UPAC playing overall right now.
2: Well, and we saw Musselman give Hedgesville a pretty good game at Hedgesville a couple of games ago. And, well, I think that Musselman could be uh, one of those teams that could surprise a couple of teams or a couple of people around, especially get the Spring Mills team, which, uh, you know, they got everything to lose really at this point because yeah. of how well they're playing. So that'll definitely be a fun one, and that'll be right here tomorrow night on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. We'll step aside and we'll come back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News
0: Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com, on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at uh, two twenty. 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Got too many addresses in my head today, fellas. But uh, coming up a little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with Hedgesville girls coach Matt Faircloth, which uh, will be, I think, a pretty interesting conversation to see what kind of a program he's kind of walked himself into and what he's trying to grow over there at Hedgesville.
4: Yeah, I think so. You know, they've gotten off to a slow start to the season. Uh, but we understand from watching Matt Faircloth when he was coaching the football team, uh, he's big on discipline, uh, big on building a foundation. Think about where that football team came Mm -hmm. from. You know, he said 30 kids, I believe, came out the first year he coached the football team, and they uh, obviously made it to the playoffs last year for the first time, so he turned that one around. Uh, I hope to see much of the same for the girls' team over there in Hedgesville as well. Uh, Conferences are better uh, when, no disrespect to the Eagles this year, but your bottom kind of half teams are better you know it's fun to watch these boys matchups where washington's are rebuilding teams played spring mills really tough i hope hedgesville gets to that point as well and plus faircloth's always a uh, just a fun guy to talk to so i'm excited to be linking up with him here in a little bit
2: i'd be very interested to see him on the sidelines of a basketball court because we've seen him on the sidelines of football field, he, yeah, he get, can he, can get, get he can get animated,
4: he get animated. He
2: certainly will will have a conversation with a ref uh, once or twice during a game. So, uh, and he's a big guy too, and mm. he'd be look even bigger in a basketball gym.
4: <laughs> yeah it's
3: it's it's funny Co- coach faircloth's a personality excited to link up with him he's uh i'm interested to see what his plans are for this hedgesville women's basketball program it, there's a lot of building things or trying to get things built over that way and well he's proven it once he can build a program with the football team and we'll have to see if we can, lightning can strike twice over there in hedgesville
2: well they're still looking for their first win and looking at their uh, schedule they played some tough teams but they've gotten consistently better throughout the year pretty rough start against Morfield, greenbrier east Oak Hill, and Kaiser, but since then they've, uh, you know, you can see the gradual progression uh, through their system, and uh, I think it's kind of along the same lines of, you know, Shepherd women's basketball. You just got to kind of give them time. They got to figure out kind of what they're, of course, with the high school basketball season. You're about what halfway through, almost three quarters of the way through, so you're starting to kind of run out of time at this point. Uh, but still trying to figure things out, which you know it takes time. People, I think nowadays, especially with sports, they want everybody to win now, and you want to be successful now, and you know keep that successful, you know, streak going. But it takes takes time to build programs uh, like we see around, like your you know Spring Mills basketballs, like your you know whoever across the state.
4: Yeah, and you look at the players on the roster. Uh, Yates, Cooper, Boyer—they've got some underclassmen. Gaddy's played some significant minutes. Now they've got a uh, a big senior class that you know. I'd be interesting to see kind of what their impact on this season has been. Trying to grow the culture of the program and you know uh, go out on a positive note. You know, not everybody. We had this conversation with Spring Mills. You don't want your senior year to be a year where the team really struggles, but you have an opportunity to impact the team in a in a positive way. So when the next culture of winning comes through there, you can say that you were a part of. You know, stoking that flame and, and building that culture. So, uh, I'd like to be interested to get his thoughts on his personnel and uh, you know, kind of the effort and, and and the heart that he's seen from some of his veteran players.
3: Yeah, definitely. So, I think the same things on the same part. It's really big about building programs, and that's really what a lot of coaches, overall in the EPAC and around the state of West Virginia, are trying to do and maintain. That you see big programs either on the boys' side and the girls' side, teams trying to keep momentum once you build it, and really in play. And I saw a quote from this yesterday, and we'll get into this later about West Virginia basketball with how tough a conference is. You there aren't any gimme games. You got to build your momentum. You got to do it yourself. There isn't oh, okay. There is a uh, usf or uh, something like that playing and you can get a win there and that'll kind of catapult you there isn't a gimme game in these divisions you got to find one win one and then build on that to get your momentum going
2: they have uh, just kind of scrolling through a couple of sports headlines locally here before we uh, get to this bottom of the hour break We've got a track star over jefferson high school signed into american university uh, Which is pretty cool d'oreal uh dang it I believe is how you pronounce her name. Apologies if that there is uh, uh, not correct, but let's see here. She's a sprinter, Parker, so she might be a little bit faster than you out there on the track. <laughs> Definitely uh, now, as <laughs> she's going to be uh, competing in some indoor competitions this year. So I want—I'm curious to ask you this, since you were a uh, runner back in the day. Now, when I ran track, I ran indoor and in just like kind of the. Short to mid sprint kind of races, but okay. how much different is that going from indoor to outdoor track? Now, I know the tracks are different sizes, so that's your main difference, but is it that much, you know, physically different
3: running from in- indoor to outdoor? I think it is. It's just because, again, you go from an outdoor track, which is 400 meters. To usually, you find most indoor tracks are around 200 is where they put it at. So you're doubling your lap totalage for some races. It's different races. Usually from outdoor track to indoor track. The outdoor track you're seeing, at least in the high school ranks, your 400 meter, your 800 meter, your 1600. An indoor track, you're gonna be seeing the 300, the 500, the thousand. You're seeing different races ran in indoor compared to outdoor. And I think the biggest thing overall is the air that you're breathing mm-hmm. when you're competing in those events. Outdoor oh, it starts if, to hurt when you're yeah, inside. Yeah, definitely, definitely when you're racing indoor and you have something like a like I think when I point out to it when you're doing a four by four relay in an indoor track, you're doing four laps instead of two. No, it two laps instead of four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A, little, a little over on my math there, but. Yeah, it's uh it definitely the uh indoor air gets into your lungs and it's it's a little bit more difficult and that's I think it's more of a mental hurdle in indoor than it is outdoor outdoor I think it's more of a physicality thing indoor there's a lot more of the mental game I think comes into play
2: I ran the 500 that was my go-to race came in second every single race I ever ran in I was How many leading laps every that time
4: indoor
3: four and a half okay. I think does that sound right Parker for 500 I think think 200 is it really only
4: 100 meters around an indoor track
3: well i think <laughs> I it's two and a half if i'm right two and a half yeah because 200 one. well if you ran depends on how long the track was because some of them are less than 200 there was a I'll, oh I'll, so
4: everyone's different because i only oh, ran on one indoor man. track and track. let me let it me t- t- let West me tell virginia. you guys
3: this that when we had our uh conference meets back when i went to high school there's a place called heritage high school in lynchburg virginia and this indoor track I believe, was 150 meters away, all the way around. Well, it, I'm a,
4: I was a big laps guy when I ran. You know what I mean? Like awful. If you if you train mentally for, since I ran the 32, it was eight laps, and then all of a sudden you have to run in an indoor track, it's like, oh, actually, it's 22 laps. I mean, I wanted to get that thing done. Get it's me the fast races, yeah, yeah, I, just, I was out of here. I just, I, I, I don't know how I would prepare for that mentally, to be completely honest
2: <laughs> with I'm you. trying to look, because we, uh, <clears throat> it was just in high school when I ran track, and it was over at uh, Hagerstown Community College at the ARC. They have a huge – that arc is awesome in there, and they have a big indoor track. I can't remember uh, can't remember how long that was. But shout-out uh, today. She's the 400-meter uh, specialist, two-time defending state champion in that event. So wow. uh, definitely faster than New Parker. I think we can agree on that.
3: Yeah, I would say so.
2: <laughs> she, she's got to be beat. I think she's faster than all three of us probably combined at this point. Uh, but we'll step aside when we come back here in a few minutes. We'll be chatting uh, with Hedgesville head girls basketball coach Matt Faircloth on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. <laughs>
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome
2: back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We've been talking a lot of basketball today. Well, let's keep going with a little basketball, EPAC girls basketball, and joining us on the phone, Hedgesville girls head basketball coach Matt Faircloth. Coach, how you doing? Good,
1: good. How about yourself?
2: I'm doing all right. Appreciate you joining us this morning. And, uh, well, let's talk about this basketball season. And, uh, well, coming off of a good football season he had this year, how has it been kind of transitioning, you know, to the hardwood from, you know, the gridiron?
1: Uh, I mean, the biggest biggest thing for me is, you know, I brought in some coaches that that ran some off stuff for us, so I was able to focus on football, their football, and now, you know, i got a good staff in football, so they're holding it down football-wise so I can focus on basketball and, uh, you know, we're building. Uh, it's slowly but surely. And, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk, and uh, I think we're going in the right direction.
4: Uh, well, Coach, let's talk about some of that improvement then. Um, obviously, you look at some of the score lines from the beginning of the season to now. Uh, starting to score just a little bit more per game. Uh, defensively, it seems like you're starting to get more and more locked in. Uh, in your estimation, where do you think you've improved the most from the start of the season until now?
1: Uh, our competitive nature. I think the biggest thing for them was figuring out ways that they can compete in games and you know in the past it was you know last year uh, hannah major was the point guard um and, and kelly hours was the shooter and they had Zai at the big so they had three you know girls that could really really play and could get you double figures in points and could get you double figures in rebounds this year it's more of a team effort uh you know we don't have a double figure score you know right now i think we got five or six that are averaging five or more and this that and the other so it's a it's a team effort so piecing it together playing hard playing with effort and, and teaching them the team game in, in, a, in a different style of basketball
4: uh, and it seems like it's a juxtaposition coach uh based on the age that you have in this team you've got a, a handful of girls at the top of uh the list in terms of scoring yates and cooper and Bourne, and the like uh that are going to come back next year and be a part of this program but you also have uh, a handful of seniors that are uh, key members of your squad as well, uh, Van Dyne and the like. Um, what's kind of the, the, the difference between those two camps, I guess, and, w- and one aspect, it's all about improvement and uh, uh, trying to get better for the next season, the next edition of Eagles basketball, but uh, for the seniors, it, it's it's about, you know, making the most out of the final games that they get to play in high school.
1: Without a doubt, the, the four seniors we have, uh, they truly bought into what we're trying to do and you know, I told them when we, when we started this, you know, I don't think they're going to see the full reward of what we're trying to do and trying to build. So, you know, when they come back a year from now, two years from now, I think that's when they're going to see the full fold of, you know, the work they put in and what they helped build. Uh, those four seniors, you know, they come to work every day. Um, Amelia Faust, Kelsey Van Dyne, uh, Kaylee Laughlin, and Lake and uh, Copenhagen. Those four, you know, this program, where it is right now and where we're going, it it wouldn't be the success that we're starting to see as far as playing defense better, playing offense better and stuff if it wasn't for those four and how they approach uh, every day. So I, I can't say enough about those four.
3: And, Coach, you've garnered the reputation of being a program builder from your time at football. You took the Hedgesville team that at one point was winless just a few years ago. Now getting them back to the postseason for the first time in a number of years. What's the difference, you think, that from building a program in football to that now you're looking to build a program in basketball? Are there much differences in that? Are there a lot of similarities? So what, what's the main difference that you've pointed out from building a women's basketball program to building a football program?
1: I approached it the same way, Uh, you know, hit the the fundamentals first, uh, work on the basic stuff, you know, try to perfect the basics, and then sooner or later, the team concept. The team concept has to be number one when it once you get past fundamentals, because if you have individuals and you know you can start to create cancer on your team and this, that, and the other. For us, you know, we want to get into that team mindset, and once we we started to create that culture after about the first week of the season. You can totally see the difference. You know, these girls are getting game plans. They're locking in and they're playing hard. You know, we're undersized. Uh, we're really young. Uh, but I told them after about the fourth game, there's no more excuses of being really young. Now we got to figure it out. And, uh, they're starting to do that. And, uh, I mean, they played really, really hard. You know, when you watch us, you know, you're going to see girls diving on the floor for loose ball. You're going to see girls trying to take charges. You're going to see us defending out on the offensive players toes you know we're going to get up in here we're going to try to try our hardest to, to create some opportunities for us but at the end of the day things aren't going our way right now as far as win loss but where we're going uh, i see progression
4: well coach in terms of style of play in, in a perfect world as, as you start to to get more and more involved in this program and start to grow the culture uh what should we expect uh hedgesville to look like offensively and defensively what's your your, your kind of coaching style
1: I'm a pressure guy as far as defense. I, I want to get out. And, you know, I want these girls to get out and defend and you know, create turnovers. Uh, I always always was a firm believer in basketball. It's man-to-man defense. If you can defend, you can win games. And, you know, right now we're getting better at that. Um, and then offensively, you know, we move the ball. We run a lot of motion. Uh, we run some set. Uh, but the biggest thing is I want to move the ball. I want it to be able to get to open space and, and, and let's get out and run a little bit. You know, we're not—I don't like to stall the ball if we don't have to. So, for us, it's starting to get that way, uh, especially when we got a you know a freshman point guard. She's starting to figure it out as the season goes. Um, and then Natalie Yates, uh, a junior, uh, had no varsity experience. Uh, you know, she's been playing really, really well for us. I think right now she's our leading scorer and our leading rebounder. So it's starting. To, certain kids are starting to step up in key role.
4: And coach, I, I also wanted to ask since we had you on. It, it seems as though the vibe around uh, the boys' program there at Hedgesville uh, is that it's it's trending towards being one of the better years and better teams that Coach Church has had. Uh, they're nine and two, and obviously you have a vested interest in some of your players that are on the hardwood as well, as well namely Brewest, who really impressed us when we got to see him play. Uh, from what you've been able to see from the boys' side of things, is it kind of fun to uh, to take a step back and, and watch some of your football players compete? And do you think this is a, a spring or a Hedgesville boys team, excuse me, that has a chance of making it to Charleston.
1: They're really talented. Uh, I mean, they they are athletic. They're deep. Uh, they can shoot the basketball really well. They can play you many different ways. They can they can play you man. They can get in that one three one where they're really really long. Uh, they're athletic. Um, I mean, they got some players, and, and you know, this is probably one of the most talented and deepest teams you know I've seen come through here since I came back from Texas, and it, it's uh. They have a legit shot, and, and I, you know Coach Church. Uh, I played for him. He's always going to get the best out of his kids, uh, and, and I think that team there could could definitely make a run.
2: Speaking with Matt Faircloth, Hedgesville head girls basketball coach. And lastly, before we let you go, uh, it's not the season that you want so far. Now that we're about three quarters of the way through, what do you you know tell the girls on the team? How do you keep them motivated? Keep them focused on the goal when you're having a season that you know isn't what everybody was necessarily looking for.
1: You know, I, I keep telling them, you know, the reward of what we're trying to do is you can go 0-22 and, and you can get to the sectional and win a sectional you're in the regional final. So regular season for us, we're using it as a stepping stone to get better and then try to give ourselves a chance here in February when we get to the sectional. Um, and, and like I said, I don't have to motivate these girls. These girls come in ready to work. And that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't know about, these, about Hedgesville kids. Like these kids, no matter how it's going, even when we were – you know, 0-7 and, and scored 10 points that first year in football. These kids kept coming back. It's the same way in this girls' basketball program. Uh, you know, we were we had 10 girls on our roster to start the season, and right now we're down four big injuries. So right now we're at a six uh, six girl rotation, and these girls are playing their hearts out. They're giving me everything they got. So as far as motivation goes, they just want to come out and compete, and they're representing Hedgesville. That. That's all that matters.
2: Well, Coach, I appreciate you spending a little time with us this morning on Panhandle Sports Live, and good luck with the rest of the season, and good luck with football season right around the corner. I appreciate your time, folks. Thank you, Coach. And that's Matt Faircloth, Hedgesville girls basketball head coach. Uh, they got a game tonight against Martinsburg, I believe, uh, at seven o'clock. Oh, and ten Hedgesville, one five Martinsburg. So that'll be well, one five as of on Max Preps rather Martinsburg. So that'll be it. Could be a bounce back game for uh, the Eagles. Who knows? And if there's, like you said, Parker, if there's a, a coach out there that could, you know, build up a program uh, to be successful. I mean. Coach Faircloth is definitely the guy that could do it.
3: Yeah, he has a track record right there. You look at it, what he's done with the football program at Hedgesville. They were 0-10 just in 2019, and now he's built that program to one that's respected one of the better programs in the EPAC in football. And we've, We're blessed to see the Eagles have some really exciting and fun games this past season, and getting Hedgesville to the playoffs after just being 0-10 and 30 kids out on the football team just back in 2020, it's a remarkable job, and he's been given this same task for this women's basketball team, which we're looking at it right now. They're not in the best place right now, trying to find their identity, trying to build things, trying to set a culture up. And this is a coach and coach of Aircloth that is more than capable of doing that, and I'm sure we're going to see some more positive out of the Hedgesville women's basketball team coming on in later years. But right now, it's all about focus us on right now and getting that first win for this team. And they got a decent shot to do it against a Martinsburg team. It looks like they're on the – men trying to get things righted on their ship in their season as well. So it's going to be exciting and interesting to see who's going to pull that one out.
4: Uh, guys, I was just handed some uh, unfortunate breaking news uh, from the WVSSAC that was directed my attention to. It. I wanted to get to it before we went to a break. Uh, one of their, their serving members, Greg Reed, who was a longtime athletic director and assistant principal at Martinsburg High School, uh, unfortunately, unexpectedly passed away last night. Oh, goodness. Uh, he oh, wow. was an assistant director of the WVSSAC. Uh, Bernie Dolan, I believe, just released a statement and obviously he's somebody that has six, Significant ties out here in the Eastern Panhandle, like I said, was at Martinsburg High School since 2003. Uh, but uh, that news, unfortunately, the S.S.A.C. releasing a statement saying he passed away in Parkersburg uh, unexpectedly last night. Oh my
2: goodness! I, uh, after uh, looking him up, I do know who you're talking about.
4: Wow, how sad is
2: that?
3: Yeah, that's 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 very sad. Very sad to hear.
2: Well, goodness, um, yeah. I guess I don't know where to go from there other than uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News
0: Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at nine sixty seven Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan, nice winter alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone.
3: Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck, 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 luck. luck. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like to call this my luck of the day. Proven, it it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, it was two for three yesterday. Both bonus picks ended up hitting. Xavier was in a close one with Creighton, ended up pulling it out in that one. And Alabama really dominated Arkansas. It was a close game in the first half, and then really the tide really stretched it out. 84 69 win for Alabama and then we had Xavier beating Creighton 90 to 87 was a really good game Big East had some really good basketball last night I know a lot of eyes were on the Big 12 but the Big East Marquette ended up upsetting number 6 Yukon 82 to 78 but the big story, and of course, I'm sure we're gonna have some thoughts on this here in just a little bit. My lock of the day was Western Illinois, but the win against Baylor, which was sadly was unable to happen, the Bears ended up winning 83 to 78. So it is gonna be an all NBA slate today for Parker's picks. My lock of the day is my beloved Boston Celtics are gonna beat the Brooklyn Nets today. No Kevin Durant. Not sure how the Nets are going to respond with. No Kevin Durant in their lineup it's going to be a lot of that's going to be on Kyrie Irving and I don't think there's a better one-two punch in the game of basketball right now than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum those two guys are doing fantastic work and it's why Boston is a lot of people's front runner favorite to win the NBA finals this year I got Celtics over the Nets tonight I've got Shea Gilgis Alexander it's a guy who I love taking overs on but I am actually taking his under today Shea Gilgis Alexander under on 28 and a half points because the last time he played the Sixers he only had 14 points and I think going to try and move the ball a little bit try and get things to other players on that thunder roster so i got shays under tonight and as well as i got joel Embiid going over his 31 and a half points tonight I think Joel's going to have a big game. There's no really inside presence for that Thunder team. You would point to Chet Holmgren, who, of course, is out for the rest of this season as he had a Achilles injury that's preventing him to play his rookie season. But Embiid, with no really inside presence, I think, for the Thunder, I think is going to have a really big game. So, lock of the day, Celtics beat the Nets. Shea Gildress-Alexander, no more than 28 points. And Joel Embiid will have 32 points or more tonight.
2: Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us on the text line, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. Let's talk a little West Virginia basketball because they had a big game last night. Uh, it didn't go the Mountaineers' way, and as soon as the, uh, f- uh, the final horn blew in that game, uh, the internet just went alive with Mountaineer fans just... Uh, I mean, about as desperate as you can be online, I think. I'm seeing people saying that Huggins should be gone, Neil Brown should be gone, the swim coach, like everybody <laughs> should be gone from the athletic uh, staff over there at Martinsburg, or uh, in Morgantown, rather. So, Luke, uh, tough game for the Mountaineers last night. Another one where it just they just seem... They just don't know how to win. They just don't Get know to how to finish Gans. a win.
4: Yeah, you're right. And the, the bad news started for the Mountaineer fans early. Uh, of course, yesterday was the day that the NCAA was handing down uh, their official word as to whether or not they would grant Jose Perez his eligibility. Uh, the NCAA, which allowed Luke Fickle to coach in a bowl game, after leaving and going to Wisconsin, the NCAA that has allowed multiple people to transfer midseason to Manhattan and grant instant eligibility, the NCAA that lacks the transfer rules to allow this kind of thing to happen for players because of act of God or act of bad personnel or act of whatever from a university to allow players to continue playing denied his Hmm. waiver request to play for the Mountaineers.
2: How much better of a team are they with him on that? They win
4: at least two of these conference games. I know people could say, oh, it's wishful thinking. They don't have enough guards that can make shots. I know I sound like Huggins. People are getting tired of people saying, hearing him say, well, uh, Tony, we can't mm-hmm. hit shots. They, they, they you know, In a game that Stevenson is uh, 3 of 9 from the field, somebody else needs to be able to hit shots. Seth Wilson hit a big one, but he's not consistent. Kadrian Johnson, I'm really getting sick and tired of watching him take unnecessary shots at the end of games. I, I think that Joe Toussaint played well and put pressure on the rim, but he's really not a shooter. So they need somebody that can go get them buckets late in games in isolation. It's obviously not Stevenson. He's a bit of a head case and he wants to keep taking heat check three-pointers. Jose Perez um, isolated on the wing, which is what he did for years in Manhattan and averaged 19 points per game last year would have changed it. You know, there's a lot of positives to pull away from a game that you played an NBA lottery pick who dropped 30. And you still still stayed within five points of them. But it comes back to moral victories. Mountaineer fans are tired of moral victories. Mountaineer fans are tired of an 0-4 start in conference play. They've lost 81% of their conference games since 2021. You've got to be able to figure out how to succeed in this conference because you're not going anywhere. You signed that grant of rights. You're here for the next 10 years. It's the best conference in college basketball, arguably the best conference in the history of college basketball because of how deep it is. So, there's no use crying over spilled milk. You've just got to figure out how to convert these games, these losses, into wins. You know, they sh- struggled from the free throw line, they turned the ball over too unnecessarily. There are changes that can be made with this current roster, but this roster would be significantly better if Jose Perez was still here. And it was frustrating, you know, to have Jalen Bridges come back and not play well. Um and, and then unfortunately uh still get the win and he gets to poke fun and rub salt in the wound of everybody else. Uh just uh frustrating uh, doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what this was for the Mountaineers. I'm not calling for Bob Huggins' head. You know, you fire him and then what? You know what right. I mean? You hire some Who's 20, next? you hire some twenty six year old division two coaches. Coach who doesn't know any better and you start scoring 100 points a game but then you can't play defense
2: well here's an interesting text on the text line again 304-263-4321 uh, texter says wvu basketball same song different uh different day really for the most part i love hugs but the game has passed him by pure truth he isn't the coach for today's college athletes. Do you think that's correct?
4: Well, you can make the argument it's been a long time since even when they were good. The Mountaineers under Bob Huggins have played a really aesthetic brand of basketball. They scored four points in the first seven minutes of this game. Ugh. You know, like it's just they make things become rock fights. And it's still hard for Mountaineer fans to process after the beeline era where you had Kevin Pitsnoggle who is seven feet tall jacking up shots and you had Gansey and Little Pat line and Joe Harebear running around and, and hitting all those kinds of shots. This team's different. I disagree that he can't coach in this era. People said, you know, the transfer portal and NIL is going to kill him. Well, he pulled Trey Mitchell and Joe Toussaint and Eric Stee. They're all really good players. You know, he used the transfer portal well. I think he's going to do it again. I think his recruiting classes are getting better. Last year's recruiting class was a joke, mm-hmm. to be fair. Kobe yeah, Johnson, Seth Wilson, uh, Aconquo, uh, those guys, Jamel King. They're not. Unfortunately, that was a bad class. But I disagree with the texture in the sense that I think it's passed him by up until this point. I find it hard to believe that people would be knocking down. Like, Jared Calhoun's at Youngstown State, and he's just playing 500 basketball. I don't want him to come take this job. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the guy at Nickel State, his name escapes me. I don't want him to come either, the Morgantown native. I don't know who else it would be. Um, and the last thing you want is for you to bring in somebody else who doesn't get it. You go 0-18 oh, in conference play, and you completely decimate the franchise or the team. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. at least how I look at it.
3: I think it's the same exact way. You, you keep Bob Huggins with that program. It's a program that he's kind of helped bring to relevance and being to a big stage since his hiring in the early 2000s and into the 90s it's it's discouraging that you see the Mountaineers and you look at the tw- standings right now they're 0-4, they're 10-6 t- they're and 6 in play they're right there with teams like Oklahoma, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and you're wishing this Mountaineer team would be hanging with teams like Texas TCU, Baylor who just had there and you look at that out of conference too they played a top 10 team probably right now in the nation, Xavier extremely close, it was only a 10 point loss to them, the Florida win granted it was a blowout but I think a lot of people were probably overrating Florida for what they were earlier on in the season, they're not not too good of a team right now Purdue's falling to number 24 in the nation it may be those out of conference wins that west virginia had now you look at them they might not be weighing as much as they were earlier on in the year and well the expectation we had coming in was well west virginia will probably be in the bottom half of the big 12 for basketball and might Might make the tournament. There's no guarantee. Right now, and I mentioned it before, you have to find your own momentum in this conference. It, It was alluded to. This might not only be the best conference in college basketball right now, but it's contending for one of the greatest years for a conference in college basketball history. Every single team in this conference is above 500 right now.
4: Well, think about who West Virginia just started playing. Kansas State, who's got their best start since 1956. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, who, I mean, they're, they're one of the bottom teams of the Big 12 as well, but you mentioned they're still a 10 win ball club, had a really good non-conference schedule. And then the last two national champions, mm-hmm. both of which have a lottery pick in Grady Dick of Kansas and Keontae George of Baylor. And you could say, well, okay, well, they just played a really tough start of their schedule. It doesn't change. You know, they're going to play a Texas team that doesn't have a head coach, but they're incredibly talented. You know, Texas Tech and the way that they do things offensively. Mark Adams is probably the best defensive coach in the country. You know, uh, yes, it's fair to say that you're playing all four of the teams that they played right now are tournament teams. But everybody else they're going to play the rest of the year is also a tournament team.
3: And if you want to point to a game to say, okay, this can be a momentum swinger, I think really this Saturday at Oklahoma is really that game. If they lose,
4: it's 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 over. Yeah. <laughs> they I might think go 0 the, and eighteen in conference
3: play. I think play. so too. Really, Oklahoma's one and three in conference play, kind of the same setup as Baylor, one and three in conference play, ten and six overall. And if you need a game to really swing the momentum, that's gotta be the one because after that you've got seventeenth ranked TCU that will be upset because they lost to texas last night you got the longhorns coming up on the 21st you're at texas tech on the 25th then you got a ranked auburn team coming on the 28th that'll be coming into morgantown and then you end january going back to tcu it doesn't get easier so you, the mountaineers are gonna have to find momentum and get a win if they want any chance to make the tournament right now
2: well if you missed today's show you can listen back to it <clears throat> a little bit later on today over on our pain Handled news network facebook and spotify page and uh, again, uh, sad news: former West Virginia, or former WVSSAC, uh, you know, uh, official, and then Martinsburg former uh, athletic director, Greg Greed, passed away suddenly uh, last night. So thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. And uh, that'll do it for us on Panhandle Sports Live. We will talk to you tomorrow.
0: WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.